Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, happy Thursday. I have some awesome questions to answer tonight from you guys. As always, I always start with my Patreon members. So shout out to everyone who supports us on Patreon. I'm going to answer your questions first. And I also have some other awesome things to talk about. I think tonight's big theme is going to be about motivation. So um, if you're feeling like you're lacking in motivation, then um, yeah, you're in the right place because hopefully tonight I can give you guys some motivation. And let's see, I'm trying something new. So I'm live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. So we have lots of people here. Um, Let's see, Instagram says we're having bad audio. Okay, I'm sorry, Instagram. I'm going to have to turn off Instagram then. Okay. I always am like trying to figure out how to like go live everywhere, but it doesn't really work. So I'm sorry. We're not going live on Instagram. We're just live here on Facebook and YouTube. If you have any comments, let me know. Let me know if you guys are able to see me. Let's see. Um, Hi, Melissa from New Hampshire and Jackie and Antoinette from New Zealand. Awesome. It's so cool that we have such an international audience. So I always love to hear where you guys are watching from. Okay, we have a few new Patreon supporters this week that I wanted to shout out to Kathy Penningon, Laura Risk, Lisa O'Brien, and Jenna Castillo. So thank you guys so much for your support. Um, You may notice that normally I'm like wearing a hat and I have like all my Amelia Newcomb swag on. My husband has COVID. And so I'm like hiding out here in my office. Like I don't even want to go over there because I'm so afraid that I'm going to get sick. Let me know if any of you guys have had COVID. I'm vaccinated, but I'm like really afraid. So I've been like staying away, wearing my mask, hiding in my room and so far so good but it's yeah he's really sick so let's get started with questions um here's a few from patreon so caddy summers says as far as the moment you ask for the downward transition from the canner to the trot is there any specific timing okay so that's a really good question so you're cantering along and you want to trot The way that you ask for the canner to trot transition is you always want to do it on the upbeat of the canner. So when the mane is flying up, that's what we call the upbeat of the canner. And that's when you want to half halt and get your horse to trot. Because what happens is if you half halt on the downbeat, like when the croup is up and the forehand is down, then your horse is going to go even more on the forehand. So you always want to half halt on the upbeat of canter and get your horse to trot at that moment. Okay, next question is from Chris Stevens. What kind of helmet do you ride in? So I ride right now in helmets that have MIPS technology. It's M-I-P-S technology. 
The one that I like the best is called a trauma void helmet. It's pretty inexpensive for helmets. I think it's like between two and $300. And those MIPS helmets are the best because they have really good technology. I think it's from bike riding for if you fall off, it helps so that you don't get a concussion. And I got bucked off a few months ago and that helmet like seriously saved my life. So you wanna be sure your helmet has MIPS technology and whenever you fall off, you really are supposed to get a new helmet and replace it. But when I was a kid and I used to ride Western and I was a teenager, I would always argue with my mother about wearing my helmet. She was very insistent that I wore a helmet, even though like all of the cowboys didn't wear helmets. And it's so important. Like really, you definitely should um, wear your helmet. Yes, Donna says, I have a Lynn Mips. It's from Back on Track. Yeah, and they're not super expensive, which is great. And it's like really um, a good helmet. So, okay. Next question is from Isabel. What you call supple, I call soft, but the idea is the same. Physical suppleness combined with mental relaxation. I find that leg yields increase softness too and disengaging the shoulders or the hindquarters from the saddle. Do you have some simple exercises that would teach us to do that in a correct manner? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually my YouTube video this week is all about suppleness and understanding the difference between suppleness and relaxation because they're similar. Suppleness and relaxation are similar, but they are different. They're a little bit different. So if you are like not really sure what the difference between suppleness and relaxation is, then go check out my YouTube channel and watch this week's video. I always post a new video every single Wednesday and we have some really cool ones coming up. I've been filming lately with this. This is my GoPro. I've planted it on one of my helmets and it's really cool the view like you can see my hands exactly what I'm doing with my hands you can see the horse like bending in their neck so I'm really excited about the new footage that I've been filming with my GoPro and that will be coming out soon okay next question is from Gretchen she says I like your saddle what is it so I ride in, it's called Custom Saddlery, and they are my favorite saddles for one because they really put the rider in the correct position, which is super important. Like I'm a very frugal person, I guess I would say, but it's really important that you have a good saddle. So spend your money to get a good saddle that puts you in the correct position and that also is comfortable for your horse. I like the custom saddlery saddles because the paneling underneath of them is really soft. Like if you squeeze it, it's like really um, cushiony and squishy. And I can imagine that that pro probably feels really good on the horse's back. My horse Harvey, he goes in an aviar, which is a branch off from custom saddlery. And aviar, like Harvey's trot is incredibly bouncy. Like it's insanely bouncy. And so every other saddle was bouncing a lot on his back. And the aviar has a carbon fiber tree, which means that the tree actually moves a little bit with his back. And so it sits like super quiet on his back, which is awesome. Um, let's see, Wayne, how do you eliminate the trot steps in the canter walk canter transitions? Okay, that's a good question. 
So walk, canter, walk transitions are difficult because you're skipping a gate, right? Like, like there shouldn't be any trot. And this requires collection. So basically to eliminate the trot steps, your horse needs to be more on the hind leg. They need to be more engaged. They need to be more supple. They need to be more collected. Um, so some really great exercises like for the walk canter, sometimes you can get to where you could even do like rain back canter because the rain back gets your horse's butt under and then you can go into the canter. As far as the canter walk, I like to set that up with a 10 meter circle. So I'll do like a 10 meter circle and then collect my horse. And a lot of times, like right as I come back towards the rail, that is where I will do the transition to the walk. Okay, let's see. We have lots of comments here in the chat. Um, Emma says, I've never had COVID, thank God. I haven't either, but I am, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, Lee says, the leg yield. I'm struggling to get the leg yield again after a lot of other lateral movements. I am making progress, leg yielding along the wall, but when on the quarter line, he wants to bend. Exercises you recommend are things for me to be aware of. Yeah, Elise, so that's a good question. Um, and it's it's hard with the leg yield because a lot of times your horse is like magnetized to the rail. So like if you go up the quarter line and leg yield over, your horse just kind of wants to fall through the outside rein and go to the rail. So a really good exercise is called the staircase leg yield. If you Google my name and staircase leg yield, it will come up. Basically what you do is you go over in the leg yield for two or three steps, then you go straight for two or three steps. Once the horse is straight, then leg yield again, and then go straight and then leg yield. So it looks like a staircase. And that will help you to get more control of the outside shoulder. So hopefully um, that helps. Let's see, what else? Um, Maria, she wants some video of half halt trot into canner. Okay, yes, good. All right, thank you guys all. I'll tell Herman that you guys are all thinking of him. He'll be fine, but I, I will tell you that I am not a very good nurse. Like, you don't want me to have to take care of you because I'm not very empathetic. And so today I was like very good and I like made lunch and and put my mask on and like stuck it through the door. So I'm trying to be a good nurse and be empathetic, although I'm not very. So that is not um, something that I'm very good. Okay, like I said at the beginning of this talk, I want to talk a little bit about motivation and frustration. So let me know in the comments how you have been feeling, if you're feeling like you're lacking motivation, if you're feeling like you're frustrated. Um, one thing that is that I think it's important to recognize it. I think it's important to understand that at times we all get frustrated and we all lack in motivation and that's okay. Um, for me personally, I think that when I feel frustrated or when my students start feeling frustrated, you have to see the positive in that and not just the negative in it. And so, for example, 
Um, I have a student in my rider position masterclass, actually, and we have on Sundays, we have a Zoom session where they send in videos of them riding and then we discuss it and they can ask questions. And so this particular student has realized that she is quite crooked in the saddle. And she's so frustrated because it's something that like has been going on for years and years, but suddenly she sees it. She's heard it from a few instructors and a few judges, and she's so frustrated because she wants it fixed like now. And I was like, you know, this has been going on for years and years, and your horse is used to you sitting over on that side, and you're used to it, and it's going to take time for it to get better. And so I think that that is like really important that if you're feeling frustrated, it's a step in the right direction. I think it's something like, um, I think it's like in Alcoholics Anonymous or something about addiction, where like admitting you have a problem is the first step to recovery. And that's so true. And so like with Harvey lately, I've been really frustrated with my PF passage, like in the show ring, like I can get it amazing at home and in the warm up, And then I go in the show ring and it's just like, it's so frustrating. Like I just can't seem to get the same activity and suppleness from him in the show ring that I can get in the warm up. And so I have to say to myself, okay, well, it's good that I'm frustrated. And so then what am I going to do about it? And I decided that I should create like a business plan <laughs> for my horse. So I went and went the other day and I sat down and I just brainstormed like, okay, here's all the exercises that I could do in the saddle that could help with that. And then here's all the exercises that I can do out of the saddle that can help with that. And I think that that's really important because you can only ride your horse for like an hour a day, like maximum. I mean, that's what's hard about dressage is it's not like you can be like, okay, like I'm going to train really, really hard because your horse can't handle that hard of training. So with Harvey, I decided like, okay, I'm going to watch the videos. Like I'm going to go back and watch all the lessons that I've had. Um, Hinneman is out of the country right now. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go back and be really dedicated every night. I'm going to watch part of a lesson. I'm going to go back and review some old show footage. And I'm going to really try and study like what my body's doing, what he's doing, what I need to do differently so that I can maximize that time in the saddle. So um, you might be noticing like I'm looking over here because I literally like wrote out this document put my goal at the top of it. And then I listed like, here's exactly what I'm going to do. So like I put um, at the top my goal, uh, hopefully we're going to go to Chicago at the end of August. And then I wrote like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. So every week, I'm going to ride once through the test, I'm going to have my assistant film me riding Harvey so that I can watch myself. Uh, I'm going to have my husband help me with Harvey. Um, I'm going to watch a show video or a lesson one time a week so that I'm always like relearning that stuff. I'm going to take him to a show at the end of July. Then the next section that I wrote was ways that I'm going to take care of Harvey, because I think that's really important too, is like taking care of your horse and um, spending time with your horse is really important. It's important to me, even though 
I'm super busy. I always try to like groom him myself and curry him. And he's a very like personable horse. And so spending that one-on-one time with him is super important. And then after that, I listed like all of the different exercises that I could do to help him. So even stuff like Cavaletti, working on the walk, working on my corners, like all that type of stuff. So I think that frustration is a good thing and you have to turn it around that way into something positive, break it down into steps. Um, So let's see, what do you guys have to say? So Lucy gets up at 5.30 to beat the heat. Good for you, Lucy. Um, Catherine's frustrated on simple things. I know we can do, my horse and I. Uh, Kareen says, summer's always hard to be motivated. Um, Cindy, the exhaustion can be overwhelming with COVID. Lots of pain in certain joints, high fever. Oh, gosh. I really hope I don't get it. Um, Good. Yeah. So I hope that that helps you guys. Um, The other thing that I think is super important about training dressage is that consistency is more important than perfection. And um, recently I did this personality test. I forget what it's called, the like where you get the four letters, whatever. Um, but it's like the all these questions that you take about your personality. And I'm a logistician, which apparently means that I'm really good about being like very consistent. And I think that consistency is really, really important in your riding because horses are creatures of habit. And so the more consistently that you work with them, the better. Um, But it's also important to like not get wrapped up in like little mistakes and just kind of keep going. And so consistency over perfection is an important thing to keep in mind in your training. Like things are going to go bad and that's totally okay. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is as you may know, right now, There's like a big summer tour in Europe going on. So there's a lot of dressage competitions. This weekend is Aachen. Aachen is like one of the biggest, most amazing horse shows ever. Like it's my dream to compete there one time because it's just like, like just horse mayhem. And so we have a lot of American riders are over there and I really learn a lot by watching those top riders. I find it very motivational and also like very humbling. So um, what's really interesting about these riders, I have a couple of points to make. One thing that I find is very kind of humbling about it is that even when you watch those top riders, they still have mistakes. Like, you know, they'll blow a movement or things will go badly or their horse will spook and they just like keep going and go for the next movement. And I think that's really important to remember is that even those top riders that we all idolize and we think that they're perfect and everything always goes perfect, it doesn't. And so I was watching um, a show last weekend in Europe and there's a very famous rider, Charlotte Fry. Like she is one of my all time favorite riders. She's such a good rider. Her seat is incredible. Her way with the horses is like 
so inspiring. Like if you haven't watched her ride, you should go on YouTube and Google Charlotte Fry and just like study her seat and her legs and her horses move like insane. Like they are so expressive and so beautiful. And she's like this little petite thing and she rides all of these stallions. But so anyways, in this test, she has this horse named Dark Legend and he's extremely hot and sensitive and spooky. And that's the hard part about these dressage horses is like they have to be so hot and spooky and like so reactive. And then yet we expect them to go into these stadiums with like hundreds of people and they are supposed to like perform and listen and be relaxed and supple. So anyways, yes, Lucy, she does ride a stallion. She rides a stallion named Glamourdale. He's like my all-time favorite, this black stallion, and he's so amazing. She also rides a stallion named Everdale. Um, but anyways, okay, so she goes, she's doing her test. She, in the Grand Prix, you have to halt and do a rain back right in front of the judge at sea. And when she goes to do the rain back, the horse hits the rail and like knocks the entire rail down, like right in front of the judge. So the judge rings the bell, gets out of her booth, sets the whole railing back up. Then she goes around and the horse does it again. Like he goes to back up and, and he's obviously nervous. And so he hits the rail. And anyways, I just felt such empathy for her because it's hard, you know, horses are unpredictable creatures and things don't always go in as planned. And what was really admirable was that, you know, she got through the end of her test and she kept it together. And it obviously, you know, wasn't her best ride, but it just goes to show you that it happens to the best of riders and horses are, you know, they have their own mind. And at the end of the day, horses are prey animals. And so it's, amazing that they even let us like we're predators they're prey animals the fact that we can even sit on them and control them and expect them to be relaxed is truly amazing and so that's part of why i love to watch those riders is because it gives me hope that like okay like i could maybe get there one day um, the other reason that I really like to watch those big shows is that I find it fascinating how every horse and rider are different. Like every horse that you see go down the ring has a different confirmation, a different mechanic. And same thing with the riders. Like every rider has a little bit different style to how they ride. And what's really beautiful is to see how all those different riders and all those different horses manage to put it all together and go in the ring and do this performance. And um, I just find it, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And so much of dressage is about that connection and that partnership between horse and rider. And that's something that is built over the years. Like it takes so much time to train a horse up to that level. And it's really just such a beautiful partnership. So if you guys are bored at night, go on YouTube and Google Charlotte Fry or the other one that I really love is Catherine Dufour. She just won both the Grand Prix at Aachen and she's amazing. Speaking of which, World Cup is going to be in here in the US next, I don't even know the dates, next spring. I think it's in March or April. 
anyways, the, we are going to have a section like for like, if you want to sit with like Amelia's dressage club or Amelia, whatever, we are going to have tickets going on sale in August and we're getting 10% off for all of you guys. So make sure that you're on my email list so that you get notified when those tickets go on sale. Um, and we would love to have you sit with us. That would be awesome. The World Cup is going to be in Omaha, Nebraska. So it will be really fun. And we already have hotels booked. So I think it will be a great time to meet many of you guys and to get to watch some top riders. And hopefully we're going to be able to do some like educational stuff while we're there. I think that would be super fun. So Terry's going to be there. Linda's going to be there. Shari, yes, you should come. Lucy, it's in Omaha. And it, I think it's, I don't know, maybe do you guys know when the date is? I think it's like March or April. Um, I'm not sure. And yes, Terry, we are planning. We're going to see how many people sign up like in our sections. We have a few different sections. We have like some cheap sections on the center line. And then we have a few more expensive sections. And you will get 10% off if you sign up to sit with us. So Joellen says it's in April. So I'm looking forward to that. Joellen's been like organizing it all. So if you have any questions, reach out to her. And um, yeah, we're planning on doing some events. So maybe like a live educational event or a meet and greet or something like that. I know you guys, I'm also this Saturday, I have a special holiday video. It's 4th of July this weekend. So I have a special video for you guys about my horses, which I hope you like. There we go. April 4th to 8th. Thank you, Jenny. Okay, so motivation. I have a few more questions that I wanted to answer. Um, these questions are from Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's at Amelia Newcomb Dressage. We just got up to 20,000 subscribers, which is awesome. And on Instagram, I post a lot of just like my day-to-day, -day, like I'll post pictures of my horses or just cute stuff like that. So if you're interested, follow us on Instagram. Um, so someone asked on Instagram, dressage for Western riders. Do you have any tips? Um, yeah, so I actually rode Western for a while. Um, when like I started out in dressage, then I had a really difficult horse. I rode Western for a while. And honestly, like for all of you guys, like good riding is good riding, you know, until you get to like second level and above, like pretty much every horse, regardless of the discipline should be able to like go stop, bend, turn, um, be even, stay relaxed. I mean, that's just all basic riding. And so I really welcome riders from all disciplines. You know, if you ride Western, if you're on, if you're a trail rider, let me know in the comments, like what, what, how you identify yourself. If you're a pleasure rider, if you're an eventer, if you're a jumper, um, if you're a Western rider, dressage applies to all horses because it's really dressage means training. It's about making the horse more rideable and more useful to you when you're riding. So no shame in Western. One thing that I think is important for Western riders is that you make sure your saddle puts you in a good enough position. Um, I always rode in a wade tree, which put you in that correct alignment from your ear, shoulder, hip, heel. And I think that's important because it allows you to um, follow the motion of your horse even better. But 
yeah, thumbs up for Western Riders. Um, let's see. Next question is from Jessica. How to deal with a horse that that braces? His previous owner was always on his mouth. Okay, if you have a horse that braces, you need to bend and turn and do lots of like bending and, and circles and get that horse from inside leg to outside rein. The other thing that's important if you have a horse that braces is to remember like supple give, supple give. The more that you brace against the horse, like it takes two to pull. So if you're not pulling, the horse can't pull against you. And I think that that is really important to remember. Um, next question, how do you deal with a horse that's under the bit? Okay, so that's a good question. Under the bit is also what we call like behind the vertical or horse that curls. And this can be really tricky because like when the horse, it's almost easier sometimes, like if they're strong in your hand, if they pull, then you kind of have something to work with. When they curl, you're like, okay, I have nothing. Um, so the best way to deal with a horse that curls is to do lots of like transitions and work on getting the horse from inside leg to outside rein. Because the whole problem with when a horse curls is that they're not accepting the bit. And when they curl, you can't get access to the hind end. Like, why do we want our horses to go on the bit is so that we can get their back to lift and we can actually get their hind end to engage. So when your horse curls and you can't get any contact, then you can't get access to their back and their hindquarters. And that's what makes it so difficult. Um, so I have some exciting stuff for you guys coming up about like contact and connection and getting your horse on the bit. I don't want to spill the beans too soon, but I have cool stuff. I'm so excited. I've been like just making a lot of new content and trying out new things to help you guys because that is like so important to me. It's so rewarding when I hear from you guys about how my videos have helped you. And some of you guys have even said that, you know, like my videos help you more than your lessons, which is awesome. It's so fantastic. And um, I'm really grateful to be able to help you guys. All right. Um, what else should we talk about? There's lots of questions here. Uh, let's see. Square halt. Um, so for the, a square halt, I think the, the best thing for the square halt is to work on the contact and the connection. Like if you can get your horse to go walk, halt, walk, halt, walk, halt without them coming above the bit or putting any more pressure in your hand, that's going to go a long way to getting your horse to halt square. Um, and like over obsessing about the square halt is only going to make it worse. So next question is from Carol. Are you the only one who rides Natasha or does her owner ride her also? Okay, that's a good question, Carol. So Natasha is the Grand Prix horse that I ride and um, Natasha's owner does occasionally ride her. Um, she used to ride her a lot when Natasha was younger. And that's one thing that is really special about Natasha is that she can like be a Grand Prix horse and she will also like tone down and take care of her owner, Karen. So not many horses can do that where they can like be a Grand Prix horse because they have to be so hot and sensitive and then also like take care of their owner. Um, but Natasha is really a special horse and she is able to do that. So 
That is awesome. And let's see, let's pick one more good question from you guys. Christy, I would love suggestions on a weekly training routine for the horse. Example of how many days stretchy work, training days, hack days, etc. You guys always like ask me about these training routines, um, which is so funny. And like, I don't know, I'm like not the most organized person. Um, and I don't always like, like lists and plans and stuff. But basically, my general training program is that my horses work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That varies some depending on the horse. So like my FEI horses, my upper level horses, usually like Mondays and Thursdays are more of a stretchy day. And I do like high intensity workouts, I would say only about three days a week. Um, some of my younger horses, I will do more groundwork with them. Like I might do a, just a lunging day, or I also think it's really important with the young horses to teach them to, um, do a little pee off in hand. I think that really helps them. I usually start teaching a little in hand stuff with them when they're five. So like Luigi, my six-year-old, he does a little bit of in hand stuff a couple of times a week because it really helps him figure out how to use his body differently. Uh, the other thing is that at my barn, we have five arenas. I'm very lucky. And so we have this giant jump arena. And then we have like four, like, I guess we would say we have two jump arenas and then three dressage arenas. And so what's really great is that I like to mix it up. I don't like to work my horses in the same ring. So sometimes I'll go in the jump arena and do cavalettis and, you know, play with the dressage movements around the jumps. Um, other days, I'll just hack my horses around the property. So I do try to add a lot of variation so that they're not just um, going like around and around in a dressage court. So I hope you guys enjoy this. If you haven't yet, we always make these Q&As into podcasts. So if you like podcasts, look up Dressage with Amelia and you can download these onto your phone so that you can listen to them on the go while you're driving at the barn, whatever. That's awesome. And once again, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you want more like behind the scenes stuff from the shows, check us out on Patreon. It also really helps um, just support this whole effort because I'm building a team. We have like a lot going on and yeah everything helps. And I'm so dedicated to helping you guys with your riding and with your horses. It's so fun. I hope that you are more motivated after tonight's lecture. Remember that frustration can be a good thing. So um, thank you guys all for being here. We had a lot of people watch live and I hope you enjoyed it. Alrighty. Have a good evening, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.